You are not the father. Welcome to episode 90 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Hey, everybody, it's Bubba Cleese. How y'all doing? <laughs> oh, no, Bubba Cleese is back. Yes, I am. <laughs> How you doing, Bubba Cleese? I'm doing just fine. Okay, if you don't know, Miguel <laughs> has a lot of different personalities, so uh, he switches in between and out of them throughout all the shows. So <laughs> today we're blessed by Bubba Cleese, Horse to Cleese's, uh, I don't know, not-so-intelligent younger brother. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> He's out in the back, you know that, right? And there's Merman. <laughs> Anyhow, we have a very special guest on the show today, Mr. Benjamin Krieger. How are you doing today, man? Uh, pretty good. <laughs> you didn't give me a chance to say, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't know, Ben is a creator from a company called Warrior Innkeeper Comics, and he actually has a really cool Kickstarter going on right now that we're going to talk about in just a little while. But first, as always, we're going to do some comics talk. Okay, let's do it. So, uh, Miguel, what were your top two this week? Hey, uh, in it number two was We Stand on Guard number three. Oh, yeah. That's really good. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn is writing it, and Steve Scross is the artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been reading that one at all? Um, me? Yes. No. <laughs> Gotta call his name out, man. Just can't say, hey, you been reading that? <laughs> uh, no, I like, I like Vaughn's writing, but I haven't uh, read that one yet. Uh, a lot of people are Twittering about it, so I, it's on my list. It's it's pretty good, and this issue especially is extremely twisted. Yeah, we the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's basically about this uh, group of people who are trying to fight against the American occupation of Canada, and it's a small little group of resistance fighters, basically. And their leader gets captured and taken to the American stronghold where they try to torture her, but they're not physically torturing her. They've trapped her in some kind of matrix sort of thing inside her head, and trying to manipulate her into giving up the location of the rest of her group. And the way they're doing that is by initially causing pain over and over and over again. But she's strong. She's very strong-willed. So Mentally, man, because you know that's all attacking that brain. She manages to, to fight yeah. him off over and over again. So then they start sending in images of people that she's familiar with, like her father. That was messed up, man. Who they have <laughs> intentions of having him, like... Bad toucher. Yeah. <laughs> There's no delicate way to say it, I guess. <laughs> I'll say it for you. Who's a bad touch? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty twisted. I was like, what the hell? And I mean, uh, even even the strongest-minded person might crack under some situation like that. He didn't finish yeah, his yeah. statement, and she gave it up. Yeah. <laughs> she gave up the information. So, I mean, it's it's twisted. I mean, it's right out of the mind of Brian K. Vaughn, who, like, like you said, Ben, is just a fantastic writer. Uh, it's a great issue. It's a great series so far. I recommend it really highly. It was actually my number two as well. Oh, okay. Nice. So uh, what was your number one, then? The Dying and the Dead, number three. <laughs> okay, we're on the same page this week. That was nah. actually my number one as well. Uh, Jonathan Hickman is the writer, and Ryan Bodeheim is the artist. Another messed up book. It's messed up. <laughs> I, I don't think it's as messed up as Dying and the Dead. It's, it's a little bit better, maybe, but not quite as messed up. Uh, you're finding out the history of these people that uh, are behind everything that's happened in society. You know, these, these people that existed for millennia, and I don't remember the name of the, the group, they're these like ancient elder kind of elfish people. They live underground. Anyhow, they're responsible for all the directions humanity has taken over time. And it used to be that they, ha- they kept humans as slaves. And humanity rose up in rebellion, 
So they wiped out humanity, most of them. They culled the herd, kept a few around. Humanity repopulated. Rebellion started again. They wiped them out again. Could be calling a herd. <laughs> a few <laughs> times that happened until eventually there started to be infighting between the underground elfish people and they weren't able to stop the human rebellion. So humanity sprawled out into the world and became their own people and evolved into the society that we have today. So these people, instead of trying to control humanity as overseers, started trying to manipulate them into achieving what they wanted to achieve. So in this issue, you find out some interesting things. There's like this magical sword that was broken into three pieces and it's this like ultimate weapon that these guys have. And there's a meeting that happens between some dictators throughout the world and it's Hitler, Mussolini and Hirohito. Yep. And the Axis. Each one of them during World War II finds a piece of the sword and they unite to try to rebuild the sword and use it to their own advantage. Except Hirohito is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I put it. And he stabs Mussolini in the head and then takes the sword for himself when Hitler pisses his pants and runs away. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so I have no idea where the story's going from this point, uh, but it's it's few and far between on the issues. You know, it's been out for almost eight months now, and we're only on the third issue. Uh, I think there was a note in the back saying that Hickman's just been overwhelmed with all the other stuff he's doing, and that hopefully in 2016 the book's going to be on a more regular schedule. I'm looking forward to that because it's really, really good what we've seen so far, but it is not progressing very quickly. Yeah. It, uh, independent comics tend to go a little slower. I'm sure. <laughs> It's a, good, it's a good book. I, I always like like the other people because you know the old man is still trying to do. We don't see him in this book. No, at he, all. the second issue that focused on the old guy was phenomenal. It was one of the best books I've read in a long time, and you know we don't even know what his story is now or where it ties into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah now I got to wait till 2016. Unfortunately, I'm going to forget this book exists. <laughs> like, don't what is worry, this? I won't. Yeah, I know. Like, hey, don't, you remember you picked this book up, and like, damn it, that just added a hundred dollars. <laughs> I pick up everything. So, oh yeah. All right. So then, uh, what was your pick of the week? Pick of the week is going to be one of our good friends, our good buddies, who's been on this show multiple times. Steve Orlando's Midnighter Number Four. Oh yeah, Midnighter was great. Oh yes, it was. I was expecting a lot more. I expected some messed up parts between him and Robin. Uh, well, excuse me, Nightwing. Because you know Steve, well, he's really Grayson now. Yeah, he's Grayson. He's Agent what? What's Agent Twenty Eight? Something like that. Something 26? like that. Yeah. yeah, he's doing his own thing. He's not really with the whole Bruce Wayne enterprise anymore. He's off doing his own thing. The whole funny thing for me in this entire book was Midnighter making the Batman jokes and the Batman cracks. Yeah, you know, you're used to taking orders from a pointy guy, who puts his two hands above his ear, a, black, <laughs> a guy in black suit, like, oh, what the hell? But the best scene was like when he was like, a guy was about to jump from behind, and Grayson screams out, Midnighter. And, and he, you know, he knocks him down. I was like, I knew he was there. He goes, well, why don't you just, why don't you react? Because I just like to hear you scream my name. I was like, wow, <laughs> nice job, Steve. <laughs> yeah, Steve throws some really colorful jokes in there. I, it was a lot of fun because they stole the stuff from the garden, or they stole Midnighter. Somebody stole Midnighter stuff, or took it from that woman in the garden, or whatever it is. Yeah, and his technology is being dispersed throughout the world. So now yeah. him and Grayson have united, at least for this one specific item, to go out there and try to retrieve him, because the technology is like ancient, it's futuristic, and uh, it's not stuff that the world's supposed to have. Right. It can be used for malicious purposes. So he's doing his own thing to try to stop that from happening. And like we talked about it before, back in the day when we first started, we had that big old, you know, that tournament. We didn't really know much about Midnighter. And now we're like, oh, damn, this dude was a real badass. We really didn't sell him right. <laughs> well, he fought Batman, to be fair. <laughs> not a lot of people beat Batman. <laughs> that is true. But, uh, yeah, it's a great book. And, you know, Steve's killing it, man. I agree. I agree. It was not my pick of the week. I, I really enjoyed it. Shame. It's close to my top four, but uh, 
My pick of the week is actually Thanos versus Deadpool number one. Oh, that's a great book. Uh, from Tim Seeley and Elmo Bondock. I hope I'm saying that right. But who? <laughs> Elmo. Who? <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, I'm pretty sure it's not that guy. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm a huge Deadpool fan. I'm a huge Thanos fan. I love the dynamic between them and death. You know, both of them love death for different reasons, and they both hate each other for the fact that death chooses one or the other over the person. And uh, this really just sort of explores that a little bit more. Thanos is like, I gave you a curse so you could never die, so that you would never be with her, but now I'm taking that away and basically punches Deadpool once and completely obliterates him. <laughs> Deadpool, of course, reforms, and they end up uniting because uh, Death has somehow disappeared. And she's a cosmic entity. She should never disappear from the Marvel Universe, but she's gone. So they go on a quest together to try to find her and fix reality because nobody's dying. And the fact that nobody can die makes it even funnier because... I don't know. You ever seen the Family Guy episode where nobody can die and Peter's doing ridiculous things? Yes. <laughs> it's it's kind of like that. <laughs> Tim Seeley's a really fun writer, and I've really, in the last year and a half, become a huge fan of his. A lot of his stuff is just great, and he's a perfect choice for this series. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of this. Isn't Death sitting on Peter's couch? Didn't he twist his ankle? In one episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Family Guy's a great show. Yeah, it is. <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> So that was it for our comics. Uh, uh-huh. Ben, I know you don't read everything that comes out every week, but have you read anything recently that you'd like to talk about? Uh, well, yeah, one of my uh, favorite comics that I stumbled upon, um, I guess I guess it was uh, first last year, but uh, I got to know the creators a little bit uh, better uh, recently at uh, Northwest Comic Fest, which is a new comic festival in Salem, Oregon. Uh, it is called Blood and Gourd, and it is a really wild tale. Uh, I'm going to try to do this justice. I probably won't. But uh, so these guys have written a story and created a uh, 40 page uh, first issue. I think it's 40 pages. Um, <laughs> it's a big book. It's uh, and they just had a successful Kickstarter for issue number two. And uh, basically it's about um, evil pumpkins. There's this uh, evil maniac who raises a, de- a pumpkin demon and uh, all these pumpkins come to life during a Halloween harvest festival and uh, start munching down on uh, people's heads and, uh, like, taking over their bodies. It's really, really crazy. It's uh, kind of a, a evil take on the great pumpkin is how I saw it. Uh, <laughs> that sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's definitely worth uh, checking out. Blood and Gourd is um, probably one of the more original uh, Halloween type stories I've seen in comics recently, and I'm really excited about like issue two's coming. And you know, I I had to throw some money down for that, and so I'm just waiting for it to get finished and <laughs> end up in my mailbox because I can't wait to find out what happens next. Very cool. How are we not reading that? <laughs> that sounds so cool. <laughs> it does sound really. I mean, is it like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, where the pumpkins are like jumping down the street attacking it, it people? Kind of, it kind of reminded me of that, but I think I think they would be horrified with that connection. <laughs> <laughs> Run around like Mark I, I love I love B movies, and uh, but uh, yeah, this it's it's just a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. It's got a lot of great reviews too. So pretty easy to find. Just Google Blood and Gourd, and you'll find it on Facebook, uh, Kickstarter, obviously, and uh, all over comic book. And uh, any ind- any comic book site that reviews independent books has probably reviewed it. They they worked really hard in getting that book, the first book reviewed. So 
We'll have to find a copy. That sounds yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, you should uh, send them our way there, Ben, since you got to meet them. We'd, that'd be pretty cool, I think, to talk to them. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll pass along the info. Cool. Killer pumpkins. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. Uh, next week's hell or next month is Halloween, so oh, good, that'd be great to have them on around Halloween. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'll go give me a pumpkin and stick it on my head. And walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, I, was, I thought you were going to do that anyways. You know, it's huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> You're always putting things on your head. I don't know. Nah, you know, me and masks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was kind of cool. Uh, one of our friends sent us a picture today of a dead horse mask. That was really, like, Miguel, if you don't know, he does the Lord Horse Cleese persona. A lot of cons he goes to, he wears the horse mask, and people take pictures with him, and it's kind of this big thing. That's uh, creepy. <laughs> we actually have a comic strip based on the character and his minions that comes out regularly with the show. Uh, it's been a few months since the last issue, but uh, it's going to be returning very soon. I think Chris Ryder's pretty much on board with coming back pretty soon. Uh, but. Awesome. Now we're going to get the undead horse to Cleese, which is kind of cool. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> At least for Halloween. I mean, it's got to be your Halloween costume. How can it not be? <laughs> it is really cool looking, to be honest with you. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I have to go get it. <laughs> you have no idea what they make me do, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't make you do anything. You volunteer for it all. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Anyhow, I did have one more honorable mention comic I wanted to uh, talk okay. a minute about. And that's Mockingbird number one, uh, the the, fit, the Shield 50th anniversary. Oh yeah, issue, because they introduced a new character called Red Widow in mm-hmm. the back of it, and a lot of the trend lately has been that whenever a new female character gets introduced by Marvel, uh, those books kind of skyrocket in value. So I don't know what they're going to do with Red Widow. I know there's a graphic novel, like a new standalone graphic novel coming out about her, and I know she's probably going to be an important character in the new Marvel universe following Secret Wars. So any speculators out there that might want to go and pick up this, you know, it's it's a cheap book. It's like four bucks. <laughs> <laughs> cheap. Well, it's cheap for Marvel because sometimes you get five or six dollar books. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, it might be worth hedging your bets a little bit and buying a couple copies. You never know. It could turn into the next Miss Marvel and be an $80 title. So I got my book and I put one in your box. Yeah. So <laughs> just a little cash corner kind of thing. Speculators market. Shh. Stop handing out the tips, man. <laughs> Come on. Trying to help our listeners. Oh, is that what you're doing? Okay. You suck up. <laughs> well, moving on, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Ben? Ah, well, uh, gosh, I don't know what to say. So um, I got pulled into uh, creating comics about seven years ago. When I was a teenager, I thought, oh, I- I'm going to make comics for a living, and that's going to be awesome. And then, of course, you know, you kind of grow up and you take the practical job and you hate yourself for doing it. (laughs) Amen, brother. (laughs) And then um, about seven years ago, I was going through some serious shit. And um, this uh, guy that I knew through a mutual friend said, uh, hey, I heard you like comics. I heard that you're a writer. Uh, Do you want to write a comic book for my anthology? And I said, oh, what the hell? Why not? I got nothing to lose. And so I wrote this uh, short story for uh, the anthology called uh, Alternate Reality Comics. Um, No relation to the comic store, which there's this popular comic store. I think it's in Michigan by the same name. So I started off there, and then I started working with him, uh, doing some uh, marketing work and uh, helping build uh, this comic company as much as I could. And then, of course, there was that uh, nice little financial boom. And uh, 
2008 and I, I, I lost my house and pretty much everything else and found myself living on a friend's couch. And so uh, that buddy, my friend who's also in independent comics, uh, Dark Slinger Comics, his name is Adam Watson, he um, really encouraged me to uh, tr- make my own imprint and make a go of it. And, you know, I was living on a couch, so literally I had nothing to lose. I had nothing <laughs> at all to lose. So it was uh, at that point in time, it was pretty easy to take the risk and, and jump in. So I wrote a couple books. I wrote a all ages book called Less Than Historical Adventures of Little Lincoln, which is about a ten year old Abe Lincoln who goes on adventures with characters from American folklore, and that was uh, mainly written for my daughter. I wanted to do a book that she could read, and then I did something uh, fun for myself, a mature title called uh, The Black Suit of Death, and that was uh, written with an uh, old buddy of mine, uh, Ed Ellsworth who uh, back in our uh, late teens, early 20s, we had uh, attempted to become filmmakers and were inspired by uh, Scream, that uh, awesome Wes Craven movie. And we created like a parody of that. Rest in peace, Wes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, God, that was heartbreaking. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I didn't didn't even know he was sick. I feel like a terrible fan. I didn't even know what was going on and... Then all of a sudden on Facebook, I find out he's passed, and it's, uh, it was heartbreaking. Still kind of is. Yeah. Because like, he was really uh, an inspiration for um, this book because you know he did Scream. And you know when we thought we were going to be filmmakers, we started off with a parody of Scream. We got bored one night and made this weird parody. There was four geeky boys that didn't know any girls. So we borrowed um, Ed's sister's Barbie doll, and she stood in for Drew Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> And we made this really weird parody of, you know, that opening scene. And, uh... <laughs> is, there you know, a clip, I, is there a clip of that on YouTube? I would love to watch it. No! <laughs> there, it's on VHS, and I haven't gotten around to uh, digitizing it, and I'm really hoping that it hasn't degraded too badly. But uh, one day, I'm, I'm going to have to dig it out and put it on. I, I've been talking about it recently, and everyone's going, oh, I want to see that. I go, no, no, you really don't. It's terrible. <laughs> You'll have to let us know when you do. (laughs) Okay. It's going to go up. I'm going to have to do it now. But that was the start of this character. uh, We didn't have a ghost mask. We had a faceless mask and, uh, you know, a Grim Reaper cloak. And um, we saw some sort of potential in this thing. And uh, next we wrote a, a short screenplay called The Black Suit of Death about this, you know, faceless mask suit that was all black so you know real obvious title there and uh we made a short film on that and then we go oh this is awesome it's so funny we should write a, you know a feature independent film and we really attempted to it we shot many many scenes but it was no budget filmmaking and that no budget really kind of limits you and so we spent a couple of years trying to trying to make this thing and uh as it happens when you're you know at that age 20 to 24 you just kind of grow up and you know, people move on and get girlfriends and wives and start having children and everything. We just kind of disbanded. Well, 15 years later, when I found myself uh, jumping into this comic book stuff, I talked to my friend Ed and said, you know, a character we made was pretty funny. Maybe we should do something about it. And we got comics. Comics is an unlimited medium. You don't have to worry about budget. We can tell whatever story we want. And we had started a script in my plan, because, you know, I'm a 90s comic collector, 
I love the zero issues and the half issues. I totally bought into that. Wasted a bunch of money on it, but <laughs> you're not the only one. A lot of people did. <laughs> Amen again, brother. <laughs> so my goal was to write the six issue zero issue, and that's going to introduce the character. And then Ed brings in the science fiction element to it. Like, oh, that's amazing. So now it's 12 issues. And then we start talking to uh, an artist about it, and we're getting more ideas. Next thing we know, we have a full-fledged 19-issue uh, or 19-page comic book. And, uh, you know, it could have been even longer, but I-, I cut it off there because I only had so much money for the art. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, we ended up producing that, and it was uh, published in 2001 as a black and white. We uh, debuted it at Emerald City Comic Con, which was a lot of fun. Um, ran into Brett Spiner, too, and that was just awesome. He's a little weird, though. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> represents himself that way as Data. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but uh, the, the book really wasn't finished. It was always intended to be in color because we have some... Uh, Star Trek references in there because we love uh, paying homage to things and parroting things. So we had to throw some stuff in there too. And it took me uh, like three years before we got it colored. And uh, we finally did that and uh, released a new edition. And um, now we're at the point where, you know, we've been trying to get this series launched for about two years, trying to do it on our own. And uh, I just had my fourth child uh, last year. And so spending, you know, two, three thousand dollars on art to make my comic books just isn't really feasible anymore. Understandable. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's when we decided, you know, let's let's go ahead and try this Kickstarter thing. Let's uh, see, put it out there and see what people think. And um, so right now we're running a Kickstarter. I think we got like eight days left. Uh, for issue number one, and that's going to pay for the art and a small print run for our backers and for uh, the few local cons I get to go to. And um, we're all pretty excited about it. The uh, feedback has just been amazing. It's uh, kind of been this like bittersweet experience because you're getting all these people that are really excited about the issue, and you're starting to feel a duty. I, I got to do everything I can to make this Kickstarter successful. I'm, I feel like a, a sense of duty now that... There's all these people investing in me. It's like we got to get this book done, but yeah, we got we got a, we got a road to climb yet. But uh, it's still been a really good experience. That's awesome. And having a lot of fun, and I haven't even really told you what the story is about. No, that was my next question. <laughs> what what is Black Suit of Death all about? To put it short, it's a, a, a satirical science fiction horror series about the bio the alien biomechanoid suit that is responsible for all our myths and stories about the Grim Reaper. It's so we, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Hell of an elevator speech. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've, we've taken the position that the Grim Reaper is not supernatural. Never was, never has been. What happened is about 10,000 years ago, around the beginning of human civilization, this uh, suit from an alien planet landed on Earth, and... Um, uh, basically uh, possesses people throughout time. It takes on a pilot. Uh, its first uh, human pilot was uh, Cain from the Bible, Cain and Abel. So uh, Cain actually killed his brother because the suit told him to. And from there, throughout human history, whenever there's been you know some sort of mass murder or some unexplained horrorific thing, uh, 
the Black Suit of Death was behind it. And uh, from that, he got, you know, created uh, all these myths, you know, about the, the boatman on the River Styx, uh, the Grim Reaper, obviously, just uh, Death Incarnate, um, Saturn, uh, derived his symbol from this alien suit. We use the uh, uh, astrological symbol for Saturn as our superhero symbol for uh, the Black Suit of Death. You said su- uh, you said superhero symbol. So does that mean well, that- he, he's not really a superhero? Uh, at, at best, he's an anti-hero. Okay. Though um, we have a lot of stories that uh, we really want to get to someday. That's been off from this main series that tell kind of like what the suit was doing in history like uh so um the plague of egypt where all the firstborns were murdered it wasn't the angel of death it was the black suit of death uh he was there during uh the black plague he was a part of that horrific event and he was even the suit was even captured by the nazis and they were trying to duplicate it and um so there's all these events throughout history that the black suit of death has has played a major part in but, uh, you know, everyone has attributed it to something else and turned uh, this thing into something mythical. And really, it's just grounded in reality. And that's been a really fun uh, thing to explore. Um, I'm a big fan of alternate histories, too. So that that uh, comic book you were talking about, about uh, us invading Canada, I was like, ah, I need to go pick that up. Because that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's, that's the stuff I really like to read. Now you'd like that one. It's a really fun one. Yeah. So does the character within the Black Suit of Death, I mean, is he the focus of this or is it really more on the suit? Um, in the in the uh, ongoing series that we're launching on Kickstarter, it is um, about both. So we start with uh, a character named Ed. After, after um, your friend? Actually, it's after um, my dog who is named after a character from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. So it's Ed <laughs> with two Ds. Yeah, nice. Yeah, my friend's name is Ed with one D. Uh, he thought it was hilarious when I told him I was going to name the character Ed. He's like, oh, fuck, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ed is um, hes a graphic design student uh, going to school at a community college in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, which happens to be where my co-writer lives. hes uh, He suffers from uh, depression and uh, social anxiety and uh, has a bleak outlook on life. And there's... Uh, an event happens in the first issue that's kind of his catalyst to say, you know, fuck it, I'm going to go kill myself. Um, but he chooses a very uh, original way to do it. He decides I'm in the desert, so I'm going to go walk out in the desert and die of exposure because it's easy. I don't have to do anything. I'll just I'll just die. I'll just fall asleep and die. That's a terrible way to go. Yeah, that's a bad way to go, right? <laughs> like, I, I'm really mean to my characters. He's got anxiety uh, and depression, but he's not the smartest. <laughs> <laughs> Well, instead of dying, he stumbles upon the Black Suit of Death and becomes the modern-day uh, incarnation of uh, this Grim Reaper. And uh, now he has to uh, deal with um, all these urges to kill. So, like, uh, all his fleeting feelings of violence uh, now can turn deadly. Like, if he's uh, driving down the road and gets a little road rage, instead of talking his horn and cursing in his car at the person that can't hear him, well, now he'll drive his car in front of the guy and pull him out of his car and uh, reap his energy. Um, yeah, Miguel doesn't oh, make yeah, that like kinda, that. Kinda, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot I missed a point. So um, the Black Suit of Death was originally created on a planet called Utopia 9 by Dr. Sietzen. Um, 
this crazy dude who felt that uh, uh, the solution to the overpopulation of the planet and its energy crisis was to create this killing machine that would harvest the life energy of those unworthy of utopia. And uh, so the suit's mission, primary mission, is to gather energy to send to Utopia 9 and sustain that planet. And so uh, now that this kid has the suit, there's this, there's all these conflicts going on. He's trying to figure out how to live with the suit that takes over him and uh, try to continue his life. But the suit, you know, has a has its own agenda, and so uh, there's a lot of uh, inner conflict. Um, I've just I just realized that it's it's almost a Jekyll and Hyde story now that I've like <laughs> been writing this thing for years, and it just popped from my head. It's like, oh, that's it's a little similar to to that old tale. So, are the aliens a part of the story? Or are they going to be coming to Earth? Are they like a, a villain for him to fight against? Well, that's a, that's a spoiler, man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yes. Uh, the first story arc, uh, which is within the first six issues, does harken back to um, the prelude story we told in that first book, Black Suit of Death, Ides of March. We do uh, go back to that original story there uh, within the first arc story arc, and so we're pretty excited about that. And... Um, like I said, this is an ongoing story. We have uh, 27 issues plotted out so far. Oh, wow. But uh, we really see this as, as uh, an unlimited series because I think there's so much you can do with this character just because of how we set it up. You know, I mean, we got 10,000 years to play with. And then, of course, there's all sorts of stuff that we can do with uh, the Utopians that, you know, Ed has some ideas for. And so we're kind of hoping to do this for the rest of our life. But... <laughs> Um, this comic book is uh, basically going to be our new flagship. Uh, we're, we uh, rebranded last year. Uh, we changed our name from Warrior Innkeeper Comics to Warrior Innkeeper Creative because I had expanded uh, some of uh, the things that I do. Um, besides just making comic books, I also letter comic books. I do graphic design and even got to do some uh, run a marketing campaign last year in my hometown for a local cable company. And that was really exciting. And uh, so I just decided to change the whole brand to Warrior Innkeeper Creative to kind of express that we're a little bit more than comics, but uh, comics is definitely our main goal. That sounds very interesting to me. I'm very curious to see how each person loses the suit throughout the years. Uh, because you said you went back and said that uh, Kane got it, and then you, you went through and said a lot of people get it, and this kid has it now. So I'm just curious to see how they wind up losing it. I mean, do they wind up having to die, or, or do they have to get it off themselves, on, you know? Does it harvest them? Yeah. yeah, does it harvest yeah. them eventually? Like, every time you kill, does it take some of your energy away from you, too? Kind of like a la Spawn, I don't know. But, um, you know, just I'm, I'm interested. It's very cool. It sounds good to me. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a hell of a lot of fun to write. And I really like that we keep it satire. Uh, Ed was, like, really insistent on that. He scared he said, the question. Look, we're, writing, we're writing a really violent book here. We need to off-balance that a little bit. And uh, he's he he really he does really great satire, and so um, you know I like to consider myself a bit of a humorist. I, I I love cartoons and big fan of Monty Python, and so I'm definitely influenced by great comedians in my own writing. But I think Edward is really the real sat- satirist in uh, the this story, <clears throat> and so it's it's exciting to have both those elements because we've gone to do some stuff that. Uh, we we wished we had seen and in, uh, in comic books and movies growing up. Um, 
one of the really fun things that I got to do or that we got to do in Ides of March was some of the background characters are carrying on this conversation underneath the primary story. And uh, that was just a lot of fun. I really wanted to like take it, go a little bit further with it. But, you know, you got to find this right balance. Like, how much of a distraction can you actually throw in there? But uh, so um, one of the keys is when you're look, reading The Black Sea of Death, just look in the background, see what's going on there. We, we try to throw some stuff in there for uh, people that uh, go through the book more than once. Well, it all sounds really interesting. Um, where, <laughs> where can our listeners go and find out about it? Where can they go and help you guys by uh, contributing to your Kickstarter? Go ahead and give them all that information. All right, sure. Uh, okay, so uh, Kickstarter has really long uh, internet, what, what is that called? URLs. So we shortened it. We created a, a quick link, kind of. So it's www.warriorinkeeper.com backslash Kickstarter, and that'll take you straight there. Um, Blacksuitedeath.com takes you to our comic website that also has links on there. You can find us all over Facebook under Black Suit of Death. They, our comic has its own page. We have a page for Warrior Innkeeper Comics as well as Warrior Innkeeper Creative. Um, you can uh, Google Warrior Innkeeper and you should find us right away. Or you can Google me, Ben Krieger, and find me all over the web. We started this. I started this whole company on the web as a web presence on uh, good old MySpace and Facebook and Twitter back in 2009. So what's MySpace? We've been yeah, <laughs> MySpace. What's MySpace? What the hell was that overly popular thing that was huge and then disappeared? Um, God, it took it took people, my friends, forever to make me actually participate on Facebook, and now they're trying to get me to do Twitter. And I'm like, oh, I hate all these new technologies. It took me forever to get Miguel to participate too, and now I can't get him to stop. Will you shut <laughs> up? He's an addict. I'm not an addict. I'm out here tweeting for the show. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I got over twenty thousand tweets in a year and a half. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, he I don't agrees even think with I've had a thousand yet in this five years I've been doing it. <laughs> Can't help it, man. <laughs> Can't help it. Oh, yeah, Twitter. Oh, my God, I almost forgot. So, at BLK Suit of Death, um, Black Suit of Death uh, tweets in character. So, Edward uh, runs that site, and he tweets in uh, the character voice of Black Suit of Death. And that has been a lot of fun to read. And just, just to see this dude's mind work is a blast for me. He's cool. uh, one of my favorite collaborators, just our minds are so much in sync it's it's disturbing <laughs> but yeah so he tweets at that and uh one of our uh rewards on uh kickstarter is to get tweeted at by the black suit of death uh just every, every pledge gets that if you pledge it we ask you right away you know what's your twitter handle and black suit of death will tweet you very nice and that has been actually a lot of fun and people seem to like it, so that's awesome. <laughs> it's always great when people say, yay, <laughs> to the hard work that you're doing, you know. <laughs> well, number one, I'm glad that you're not doing a uh, freaking miniseries. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that yeah, you have. me too. I'm glad you have a lot of issues you want to write, and I wish you the success that you deserve, that you need. I mean, you know, all the success to come for you, so you can do this, because this seems like a very good book, and I, I think I would enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I'd like a suit like that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you don't need a suit like that. I don't need that. a suit like that. <laughs> You'd be killing people on the highway all day, every day. So, you know. It's, it's to just... hide behind when people really piss you off and they just got to go. <laughs> it would just be an excuse for him. It wasn't me. It was a suit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> so that's really good. There's going to be you want to do it for the rest of your life. That's great. Um, yeah. Alternate plans in case the Kickstarter doesn't work or if it doesn't go through. Yeah. Well, um, that's terribly depressing to think yeah, it's about. A real pessimistic question. I'm not pessimistic. <laughs> You know, it's it's not that we haven't thought about it. I mean, you know, we have eight days left, and we're just under fifty percent. And um, so it's it's uh, you know, like I said, it was bitter. It's been a bittersweet experience. But you know, we do have plans. There is some talk of possibly doing it as a web comic. Um, I hate that idea because I got into this business to make comic book issues, and I feel like I'm 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 like channeling Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> So we really want to do issues. So um, there's also talk about if this doesn't work, then we'll just continue with as much uh, publicity as we can get and um, build up for a relaunch uh, sometime next year. It's uh, just really important for me to get this book done. And uh, just just for me personally, it's um, uh, kind of like a, a lifelong dream project, as as silly as the book is. That's no, not silly at all, man. I, yeah, but, for, for most indie creators, <laughs> I, I mean, we've had a lot of you know smaller guys that are trying to do Kickstarters and stuff on the show, and a lot of them have made. Uh, I think we've helped a lot of people actually finish their Kickstarters, but some of them didn't. And the ones that didn't, you know, it's just all about perseverance. Like the ones that didn't really just kept pushing along, kept pushing along, and now their books are getting published by bigger companies. So yeah. I mean, it's it's certainly possible. Don't give up hope. Just keep pushing, and you'll get there. Oh, I, I don't give up. Uh, I have days where I swear I'm going to quit. You know, just really, just fuck this shit. I'm quitting. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. I can't take it anymore. And then, like five minutes later, I'm like, "What are you talking about? You can't quit. You you have to do this." It's it's weird because like that's how I feel about my normal job. Blood, too. It's always yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like I have to do this. I can't picture anything else. Like I've done this and that you know i've seen the world i've done some crazy stuff this is what i was meant to do i was meant to be a writer and i was meant to write these comic books i have to do comic books because it, it it's really the thing that keeps me sane literally <laughs> when i'm not working on a book uh it, it's very very hard it's it's weird it is you know it is kind of like i guess being a junkie you know, i i wouldn't know personally but from all the movies that I've seen, I guess it would be like <laughs> that. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's an addiction. It's a need. It's a need to be creative. Um, Stephen King talks about this a lot. Uh, he just recently wrote this great article about how uh, prolific writers who write you know hundreds of novels don't get respect because they don't they write hundreds of novels and you know maybe half of them are are spectacular and maybe ten percent are just amazingly awesome, but they don't get respect because they do that. But, you know, he says for him, it's a need. He has to write every single day. And, you know, I can identify with that as like I have to be working on comics, whether it's lettering or coming up with uh, new characters or writing scripts or publishing something. It's that's just my need. That's that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And uh, I'm really lucky that I have uh, a supportive wife and, and, and kids. My kids really dig it. Um, I think they wish Dad would spend a little more time away from the computer, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it's it's been a blast. I can't imagine doing anything else. Awesome. Well, you know, we'll do everything we can to help out, I and mean, we'll tweet and everything, everything we possibly can do to help. Yeah, awesome. I really, really appreciate it. You know, like I said, I was a little bit late getting to this podcast, and uh, um, you guys are doing me a favor, and I I. I never know quite how to 
appreciate or say my appreciation. So I just try and say thank you. Probably too at some much. Point, but. At some point, add us, <laughs> add us as characters in the book that die. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's actually um, uh, so. One of our reward tiers, you get to be drawn into the comic book. Uh, and in issue two, uh, one of the things we really want to do in the Kickstarter is uh, have people the opportunity to be drawn in there and get uh, murdered by BSD. So, yeah, I could definitely just do that for you guys. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Like, that's something we ask most creators that come on. We, we want to be drawn into your comic and killed off. <laughs> We've got two so far. That's something wrong with us. Uh, definitely. <laughs> I'll definitely write that in. Very cool. Awesome. <laughs> Well, Ben, you're, cool. you're, <laughs> ben, you're a really funny person. I mean, you got a great sense of humor and everything else. Uh, I wish you the best <laughs> luck again. But since you're a funny guy, tell me a funny story. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Um, see, this is, this, is, this is what's weird about being a writer. And so, like, when people find out you're right, they go, oh, tell me a story, tell me a story. It's like, that, that's not how it works. I don't know. Um, so I'm trying to figure out a funny story that isn't inappropriate because I got young children, and they do um, amazing things. Uh, sometimes you just stare at them and, you know, what the fuck? What the hell are you guys doing? And so uh, I guess I guess here, here here's one. So... I don't know how funny it is, but it's definitely uncomfortable. So the other day, uh, my wife was over at uh, her dad's, her mom and dad's house, and uh, I got a uh, two-year-old who um, doesn't quite want to do potty training yet, so he's still in diapers. And uh, then I got uh, a 11-month-old. Oh, gosh, he's 11 months already. Holy crap. And so she's changing the diaper, and... The little one is climbing around trying to grab his brother's junk, which is like, okay, that's just horrible. <laughs> but, and then, and then of course, you know, the two-year-old, as two-year-olds do, they start, you know, uh, uh, exploring themselves. And um, I don't know if you know this. If you don't have baby boys, you, you probably don't know this. But baby boys, they uh, they get they get excited. <laughs> not, 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 not with the same energy that we do as adults, but yeah, things pop up and, uh, things popped up and her dad, his face just turned red. He got up and walked out of the room. And when she told me that, I don't know, I burst out laughing. I don't know how funny it is to people that aren't parents, but you know, it's always fun to embarrass the, the dads. So, <laughs> There's there's my funny story. It's not very very good, but I'm gonna have to call this episode "Baby Boner." No, <laughs> no, come on. It was it was a surprise to me when when um, God, he was only like a few days old when the first one popped up. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't know this happened before twelve. <laughs> and so it was a real education for me. I don't remember it happening before I was about that age. You were freaking small, dude. How are you gonna remember? Uh, do you remember what happened when you? Don't were happen to me. I don't know personally. I guess we could ask my mother, uh, <laughs> because my sister has said that it's happened with her, my nephew. So it does happen. Weird. Yeah. And I think his thing was like, "Why is this doing this? <laughs> what is, there's something wrong." Is what he said. It's not working right. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it like this? 
Well, I told you the story once. I don't know if I told it on the story, where my grandmother took my, my diaper off one time in the house, and I, I pissed on the wall <laughs> with a spray. Yeah, told that story. Yeah. So it happens. Yeah. Air hits it, and boom. Boom, man. It's horrible. <laughs> so uh, with that not, not, as bad as, not as bad as when they're really young. And you take off that diaper, you think, you know, it's totally full. But no, they got some more to add, except the diaper's already gone. And the stream's up in your face. That's, oh. That's fun. My my uh, youngest has done that to me. God, you couldn't take his diaper off without him peeing on you for like the first three months. <laughs> wow. I have never been peed on so much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope like, not. I mean, I don't know you that well. But, no, come but. on. <laughs> That's I'm terrible. German, but I'm not that German. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, my my funny story kind of pales in comparison now. Just wait till you have a kid. When you have a child, and if it's a man child, I'm gonna and it pees on it's you, I'm man- gonna laugh. And you are a man, and it is a manly child. <laughs> it's a manly child, and he just pissed on you. <laughs> if he gets a boner, I might be like, oh, hey, look, <laughs> it really no. is a man child. Come on. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, my, my funny story is actually uh, from when I was in high school. I don't really have any funny stories about, about that. You already know some of my stories from when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, but when I was in high school, I used to like pull pranks all the time. And one of the things that I, I did that actually brought up uh, the other day when I was over recording the MSR cast episode with uh, Sean, because he went to high school with me, was that... We had this coach who was our economics teacher. And he didn't know shit about economics. I don't know why he was our teacher, but basically every single week we watched the jung- <laughs> we watched the Jungle Book at least once a week. Nice. <laughs> so I got so fucking sick of watching the Jungle Book. <laughs> Look for the bare necessities. Exactly. <laughs> like I know all those songs, and I, sh- I shouldn't know all those songs. But I know all those songs. Anyways, I went to Walgreens and I bought a Universal Remote. Nice. And I went to school and I went to class early and I programmed it to match the controls on that TV and that VCR. Mm-hmm. Well, it just so happened every single classroom in that building used the same TV and most of them were set to the same frequency as the TV <laughs> that I used for this remote. So we're in economics class. He puts on the Jungle Book. He pushes play. I push stop. He pushes play. I push stop. He pushes play. I push fast forward. He's like, what? What is wrong with this thing? He pushes stop. He rewinds it. He pushes play. I push stop. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> he, started getting really, he started getting really mad. And I did it probably 15 times before he finally turned around and started screaming at the class, who has a remote? Who's doing this? I know somebody in here is fucking with me. <laughs> like I had, I had kept it like low, and I kind of sat like towards the back so he wouldn't you know, mm-hmm. easily see me. I slid it into my sock and then pulled my, pants, my pant leg down over it. And he was like, everybody stand up. Get up here. Empty your pockets. He made everybody in the class empty their pockets. And he was like... I know one of you guys has a fucking remote. <laughs> so he's, he's looking around, you know, there's no remote or whatever. He goes, fine. If nobody wants to watch Jungle Book, whoever has the remote, ruin it for everybody. You guys are taking a pop quiz. So he gave us a, a test or like an assignment or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what it was. And everybody was like annoyed. So I was like, okay, maybe I won't do it in my class anymore. Thing was, I was in the web design class uh, for my senior year as well. So okay. we had these like ridiculous cards that basically let us get out of any class we wanted to go to. Like, I could just say, hey, I have a project for web design. I need to get out. And the teacher would be like, okay, sure, go ahead. I left class more than I should have. Nice. <laughs> Not a lot. I never skipped school. I never, I mean, most of the time I would leave and just go to the computer lab and pretend like I was working on web design and, like, do whatever. Because school was always really boring to me, whatever. Mm-hmm. But 
usually, once I had found this universal remote trick, uh, there's teacher, there's there's televisions in every classroom, like I said. So I got my pass. I would get out of class. And I would just wander the halls, turning on random TVs because <laughs> you could see through the doors. Uh-huh. So I would turn on the TVs and like teachers would be like, "What is going on?" <laughs> like, <laughs> and most of them were set to uh, like in, they were hooked up to antennas, so they actually like displayed TV channels, but just the local stuff. Mm-hmm. There was one class that was in the middle of a test, and I turned it on, and Maury Povich came on. And it was it was like just perfect. It was like you are not the father. Yeah! It's like a guy running around like the whole class just like looks up and starts busting out laughing. The teacher was so mad at me. <laughs> well, I didn't get caught, but I mean, she was like pissed off. She didn't know what had happened. Just that I was disrupting class. Nice. Yeah. The only other time I used it because uh, I got kind of bored with it after a while, but it was it was funny. Uh, the only other time I used it was this teacher I didn't like uh, showed us Excalibur. The, the old movie, you, you know that? Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great, yeah, it's a great yeah. movie, but there's that really horrific rape scene. Remember? Oh, I think, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people forget about that. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was a really bad rape scene. So she fast forwards through that, and she's like, she stands in front of it, like, makes herself as bulky as she can, and, and fast forwards so, like, nobody can see what's going on, and then hits play again. She's like, you guys don't need to see what you missed. So, of course, I have my remote. And you rewind it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> She was like, what the hell? <laughs> I did get caught that time. She took my remote away. I never oh. got it back. <laughs> uh-huh. That was the end of the remote. But it was pretty fun while it lasted. <laughs> that's nice. brilliant. So, I like that. That's my funny story. Uh- <laughs> Pranks I pulled in high school evil. with the universal remote. <laughs> you are an evil bastard. <laughs> funny, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, if a teacher got caught doing it now, fired, arrested, charges, everything else. What, for taking the remote? Oh, yeah. No, for showing a, a vicious rape scene on a movie well, she, in the she, school. She she fast-forwarded. I mean, she's trying not to show anybody. It's my fault that it got shown. Really, I would have gotten in trouble. But everybody, everybody, it was a senior year, so it was a lot. I mean, everybody was mostly adults in the class. They all just sort of laughed at it. Yeah, but you know that no tolerance crap now. They would have, they would have, yeah. It's a different time. Oh, yeah, very different all time. The, yeah. All the stuff we got away with as kids, mm-hmm. nobody can do anymore. Nope. So. It's like a booger on somebody now, and now it's an assault. Yeah. <laughs> as well it should be. <laughs> so anyways, that's, that's my funny story for this nice. week. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Doesn't compare to, to the other one, though. No. <laughs> it's well, good, I'm, though. It's hard to top that you molested your grandmother when you're three years old. No, I, mean, no. like, I, just, like, I, I, can't, I don't think I have any story that trumps that one. So. No, no, no. You can't rehash that. Yeah. <laughs> You can tell him off air. Yeah. So anyways, I uh, just want to remind everybody, we have a giveaway going on. Uh, we're partnered up with Pete's Basement Podcast, or Videocast, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. And they're giving away two three-day passes to New York Comic Con. Uh, so the way to win oh. is to listen to their show. And they're doing a podcast scavenger hunt, where you go and listen to a bunch of different shows where questions are given. And then you go to their site and fill out the answer and enter to win. And it's all done randomly through the website and everything. Anyways, in case you missed the last episode, our question is... What was the name of the first episode of He-Man and Masters of the Universe? So find out the name of that. Go to the Pete's Basement website and fill out the, fill out the questionnaire and enter to win. It's a but, good prize. But you got to listen to the other ones too, don't you? Well, I mean, you can enter multiple times, but you get points based on how many shows you listen to. So you, know, you get five points, I think, for listening to us and, and so on and so forth. So uh, go check out their site for all the details, all the rules, and... Uh, Enter because that's a hell of a prize. Hey, and what we're talking about them, you want to give Pete a little shout out for what he did? Oh, and props to Pete for eating that pepper like a man. <laughs> he ate a uh, what is it, California devil pepper or something some, like that? Yeah, some like yeah. the hottest pepper in the world. Uh, somebody bet him that he wouldn't do it. 
So he did it live on camera. And he took it like a man for like three minutes. He didn't drink anything to try to suppress it. He just ate that thing. No tears running down his face. No cry- I would have been crying like a wuss. Like, <laughs> like, but he, he ate it. He's sweating. I mean, he went from completely like dry to like his shirt just being wet. And you could like see it getting wet as he was sitting there like uh-huh. steaming. Couldn't talk. I think it burned his vocal cords. He ended up eating a gallon of ice cream and drinking like half a gallon of milk <laughs> at the three-minute mark. Like he was just like shoveling ice cream into his mouth when, when they finally said he could. But man, props to Pete because that was a <laughs> that was an ordeal. I know. I wouldn't oh. even eat 100 peeps. Yeah, no. <laughs> crazy people, man. <laughs> That's some crazy yeah. stuff. Well, let's move on to this week's comics, movie, and TV news. All right. Let's get that out of the way. Okay. Uh, what do you want to do first? Give me some movie news, man. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Ben. Oh. <laughs> well, damn. Oh. Go look at me then. Look at Ben. <laughs> what do you want to do I'm, first, I'm Ben? I'm partial to movies. I'm a really big movie buff, so let's, let's, let's okay. hear what's going on. All right. So one thing that we haven't talked about yet is that Marvel Studios left the Marvel umbrella, and they're now directly reporting to Disney Studios. Oh, yeah. That's a big story. Why? I, I've... Have you have you have you read the the story about Marvel during the '90s? Their whole uh, dust storm with uh, uh, that Perlmutter guy. No, I, I, well, I, I know a little bit about it from reading some of the articles, but I, I don't know exactly what happened. Yeah, there's a great book called uh, Comic Wars, and oh, it's it's a mother. It's pretty big. It's like a thousand pages, um, but uh, it tells the whole story of, of how Marvel uh, got bought out. And how there was this huge like buyout war over Marvel long before Disney was in the picture, and how uh, Perlmutter got a hold of it and got a hold of uh, Toy Biz, and did all that all the crazy stuff in the '90s. You remember at the end of the '90s when Marvel was doing all this crazy stuff and buying up Malibu and uh, Ultraverse and um, making all these weird crazy toys. That was all because this CEO decided he was going to own Marvel and turn it into this giant profit house. Hmm. And uh, that, that's that's the that's the short of it. So yeah, hearing about uh, how they're leaving that jerk off behind. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, I he's think made it's things, exciting news. Yeah, I think apparently he's made things extremely difficult for every single Marvel movie that's been put out since Iron Man. Like he yeah. he fights them on every single budget request they make. He won't let actors make a certain salary. That's why there was so much trouble with Downey Jr. because mm-hmm. he didn't want to pay him more. Um, I think he's been like the thing keeping everybody in so much check that they couldn't really do what they wanted to do with the Marvel movies. So now they report directly to Disney. Uh Oh yeah. So money going to be flowing. Yeah. They'll have a lot more freedom, I think to do what they want to do, which is cool. They have Kate Blanchett. Sorry. I was doing my, uh, <laughs> doing my, uh, my from 22 jump street. <laughs> Very nice. Well, I thought that was a, a noteworthy news story to touch on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for not laughing at my joke, too, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> at least Ben's nice enough to laugh. I, I smiled. That was a smile? Sure. <laughs> I wanted to chuckle. Well, if I'm not frowning, it's a smile. Okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so J- Jason Momoa, uh, you know, he's playing Aquaman in the Batman vs. Superman movie. That's one big freaking dude. He is. Uh, yeah. He actually did an interview at Fan Expo Canada this week, and he said, and I quote, No one will ever laugh at Aquaman again after they see my performance. Wow. That, that's a boast. I yeah. know. That's some sack to say that crap, because I laugh every day I see him. <laughs> Aquaman. <laughs> I know you're not a fan I, of the character, so. I loved Aquaman. He was my favorite super friends. I'm not ashamed to say that. Aquaman sucks. Merman is the best. Fish face. <laughs> yeah, Miguel does the Merman voice, and Merman and Aquaman are always at odds, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's copyright infringement to handle there. Yeah. 
Luckily, they don't know about us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we had a chance to meet the real guy who did Merman, and we couldn't make it. Yeah. Doggone it, we were going to go meet him. I was going to go, hey, how you doing? I'm Merman. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Soon. We'll have, we'll have another chance, I'm yeah. pretty sure. That's cool. Okay, balls on that guy, huh? Yeah, well, it's Jason Momoa. Huh? I don't know if I believe it. anybody else said it, but, you know. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you've seen him. I was going, what the hell? <laughs> I did see Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right, so uh, you know the Deadpool movie's coming out? Yes, I know. One we won't stop talking about it. But anyway, go ahead. I'm excited about it. I can't lie. One of the things that is coming out of the Deadpool movie coming out is that the Deadpool video game is being re-released for the next-gen systems, PS4 and Xbox One. Nice. So they're remastering it in HD, re-releasing it. There's not any new levels in the actual story, but there's new bonus levels, and there's uh, new costumes and stuff like that, just little add-ons. But I think they're re-releasing it as, so it'll get a little bump from the fact that the movie's coming out. So you're going to buy it again. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to buy it again. I really enjoyed the first game. Well, you lying that crap. You're going to pick it up. Don't even only hear that. buy it again. I know he's going to buy it again. Don't, don't even give me that look. They're doing all this hard work to bring it back to the market. you got to buy it again. Come on. I'm looking at a, an office full of Deadpool stuff everywhere. You can't walk anywhere without stepping on the, the dude. You're going to buy it again. <laughs> I might buy it again. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. I don't know. <laughs> I When's it coming out again? Uh, it's going to be coming out in November. November 17th, actually. Uh, this year? Yeah. That's the re-release. And the movie actually comes out in February. So Maybe it'll be your early Christmas present for me. Okay. There you oh. go. I bought it for you this time, so you don't feel so bad. How about All that? Right. So I don't spend money on the game twice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'll forget about it, so you have to remind me. Yeah. Don't worry, I will. <laughs> I'm such a great friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's it for movies. Uh, so let's move on to either comics or TV. What do you What do you want, Miguel? Uh, are you going to ask me now? Yeah. Well, ask Ben. Well, he went first. <laughs> okay, fine. Give me, <laughs> give me some comics. Comics. There's a lot of comics this week, which All is right. cool. Uh, Marvel announced they're doing a C-3PO one-shot to explain, A, why he has a red arm, and B, what's been going on with him since Return of the Jedi. He has a red arm? Yeah. Yeah, uh, all the toys came out, and C three PO for some reason on his I think right arm, it's entirely yeah. red. It's well, he's also he's also got a discolored leg. His lower leg is a uh, 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 different than the rest of his body. Too. I didn't I didn't notice that, but I did notice a red arm. It stood out a little bit more in the packaging. Okay, sadly I didn't have money to go out on Force Friday and buy any damn thing because. Good Lord, there ain't probably anything left. <laughs> I think maybe my Walmart still has it because we're out in the ass country and nobody goes out you, there. You know what's really weird? Mm-hmm. Bed Bath & Beyond is selling all of the Force Friday stuff. No way. Look at that up. <laughs> Dude, what the hell, man? <laughs> like, like, I know Target and Walmart, you know, those were hit really hard. But I know people that just out of the blue went to Bed Bath & Beyond and they found all the stuff because nobody knew it was there. That's it's, insane. It's probably still there. <laughs> and you're giving That's, it away right now. Well, not everybody uh, listening to us lives in our neck of the woods. Oh, so that's true. <laughs> you can go hit the Bed Bath & Beyond near us and hopefully clean them out. So I'm going right now after the show. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, I ain't got no money. But uh, the coolest <laughs> the coolest thing about this C-3PO one-shot is that it's being written by the team behind Starman. Uh, it's James Robinson and Tony Harris. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really good team. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to picking that one up when it comes out. You know, We're going to pick up all the Star Wars books anyways. I'm really excited for Shattered Empire. I want to read what happened. To bridge the storylines. Yeah, same here. I mean, yeah. we pick up every Star Wars book now, and we love them all. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love Lando? <laughs> it's Coke 45. Are you a big Star Wars fan, Ben? I, I was until the prequels. Um, <laughs> and and that, that kind of shattered uh, uh, a lot for me. It was very difficult to handle those films. I was one of those geeks who stood in line for three days to get tickets and be the first in the theater 
and I came out of the theater wanting to fucking vomit all over the place. <laughs> I was just emotionally destroyed by how shitty those films were. Jar Jar. And then it what it wasn't until uh, the first or I think it was the second trailer for uh, Force Awakens, and you know that that Han Solo scene, we're home. That got me all nostalgic again. I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to let myself like Star Wars again. I, I'm kind of right be there all with right. you. Yeah. Misa thinks you're going to go back. <laughs> no, no, not Jar Jar. You know, please, I just, I'm praying that there's a scene where he is just destroyed, just, just cut to pieces. and Eaten by a rancor, falls in the Sarlacc pit. Or, yeah, That's what we all want. That's so funny you said that. we all like, that better be like the first two minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You do that. And you'll win us all back. You will hear people just stand up and cheer and scream in the movie yeah. theater. Even if, it, even if it doesn't fit. Even if it's just like completely out of, you know. Yeah, we don't care. Put it before the scroll. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that. Oh, gosh. That's going to yeah. make everything great. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seeing Han and Chewie is like, oh. My wife goes, yeah. you just wet yourself. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe a little. Bit. Not going right. to admit to that. Though. Yeah. Uh, so Marvel announced the lineup for the all-new, all new, all all different new Avengers. Uh, you know, you got the main Avengers title. Apparently, it's still going to be a new Avengers title. Okay. And it's kind of a weird lineup. Uh, you have Sunspot, uh, Robert DaCosta, okay. and all of AIM, because you remember he became the head of AIM yeah. at the end of uh, current run of, uh, I think it was Secret Avengers. I don't remember anymore. Uh, but anyways, he's got all of AIM behind him, and apparently AIM is part of the new Avengers now, which is kind of weird. Uh, there's, a new char- there's a new character called Pod, who we don't know anything about yet. Huh. Uh, there's uh, Power Man, White Tiger, Wiccan, Hulkling, Squirrel Girl, Hawkeye, and Songbird. I'm not, reading, the team. I'm not reading that piece of crap. <laughs> I said squirrel, squirrel Girl? I said Squirrel Girl and your face dropped. <laughs> yeah, you said Squirrel Girl and then you said, who else is saying that? Hulkling. Yeah, the, right there. Right. I'm not picking that piece of crap up. You must be out of your damn mind. You, you you're not a fan of Runaways? Oh, cool. Oh. <laughs> Oh, he's the I only person I met that just I cannot stand the Hulkling. Just, I just want to gouge my eyes out and Squirrel Girl. Oh, forget about it. See, I'm excited about it. I'm going to be reading <laughs> she's, that for she's sure. She's fine in her one shots, but I don't, she doesn't belong on a team, man. <sighs> you know, because she's silly. She's she's a parody. Yeah. You know, she doesn't belong on a serious team. Team. I, I, I'm probably going to get in trouble because my my uh, favorite comic shop owner loves Squirrel Girl, <laughs> and if he listens to this, he's going to go, "Oh, what are you doing? You're killing." Me. Was Squirrel Girl but at I the just, con not too long ago. I wanted to beat her up. I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> Squirrel Girl's great. You, know? just, uh, you didn't you didn't beat Horsicles. You may have beaten Thanos, but you mean Horsicles. <laughs> well, I think it's an interesting lineup, at least, and I'm definitely going to be picking up the first couple issues just to see what it's like. Interesting is not the word I would use, but okay. So next, uh, Marvel announced that Weird World is going to be returning as an ongoing in December following Secret Wars. I pick up that, don't I? Yeah, we've been picking yeah. up the uh, Secret Wars tie-in. Yeah, it's I like been, Weird World. It's been pretty good, uh-huh. so I'm kind of excited for that. You got to tell me who's in it, then I remember, and, you know, I enjoy it. <laughs> I'm, I've been enjoying that one, so I'm looking Too many titles. To Too many titles. I can't. I, everybody classes. I don't remember who's and what anymore. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be even worse after Secret Wars is over because <sighs> it's going to be all new titles. So, I don't know. It's going to go broke. <laughs> all right, so December, the variants for Marvel are going to be Marvel 92. So all the, the characters they're going to have are going to be like the 92, 1992 extreme versions of characters oh, wow. on the variant covers. Okay. It's kind of interesting. Uh-huh. Um, I know you're going to like this one. All new, all different Spider-Man 2099 is going to be starting over. Nice. Uh, but yeah. Miguel is not going to be Spider-Man anymore. What the hell? What? 
He's going to hang up his spider suit. He's still going to be the focus of the story. He's going to be working with Peter Parker at Parker Industries, but it's going to be a story about his life adjusting to the current world or whatever instead of being in 2099. But he's not going to be Spider-Man because there's so many other Spider-Men in existence. And he's just like, what the <laughs> fuck is the point? Why are all Peter, <laughs> Peter David's writing it? And I know that's Peter David's thoughts uh-huh. on the current Marvel yeah. universe. He's like, why are there so many Spider-Men? <laughs> and, and Miguel's singing the same thing. Like, I think it par- parrots what uh, Peter David actually thinks. So I'm kind of excited to read it and see like him living a mundane sort of life. What the hell, man? <laughs> that, that, that could be interesting, but I, read I, was all, I was all excited about it. Now I don't know. Well, Peter David's still writing it, and I'm I'm a tremendous Peter David fan, yeah. so I think it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, I'll pick it up. But it's like I I love the cost. Oh, oh man, I don't know what to think. <laughs> you know, so you, you know, by issue ten, something traumatic is going to happen where he has to put the costume back on. It's not going to be you know never again sort of thing. It's probably going to start out with him trying to fight against it, and then. I, I give it to five. That's yeah. Usually right. between three and six is where they go ahead and put the costume back on. Put it back on. It'll be a new we'll, costume. We'll see. Maybe we'll it could see. be a new costume. Everything else is going to be all new, all different. Why not? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is interesting. Uh, so you know that there's a new Captain America. It's the Falcon. There's a new Thor. It's Jane Foster. There's a new Hulk, which Marvel just announced is going to be Amadeus Cho. Yeah. The totally awesome. What, what is it? Totally awesome Hulk. Totally awesome Hulk. Yeah, I, I'm actually really looking forward to that. I like Amadeus Cho. I think he's a real fun, funny character, and it'd be interesting to see a character that likes being the Hulk, that embraces it, that wants to just use that power and have fun with it, because Banner's always been such a downer. <laughs> wow. You, you said know? that was such a straight face, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. He's always been like, why am I the Hulk? I hate my life. Well, yeah. Well, he's trying to be human again. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's always been tortured, and Amadeus Cho doesn't have any of that. He doesn't have any torturous... You know, feelings about himself. When he becomes Hulk, I can see it being a lot of fun with him being like, I want to see what my limits are. I want to try to jump across this. I want to try to jump across the Grand Canyon. I want to like go to space and see what I can do. Like, he just wants to do interesting and fun things with the Hulk. And I, I think that could be a lot of fun to read. And they're going to throw his ass off the world. <laughs> All over again. <laughs> uh, it, it, could, it could backfire. Or it could be the start of a, a new team of the original Avengers, but without the actual people in the original roles. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to pick it up. I'm, I'm, I'm interested, to be honest with you. I'm going to pick it up. So, going along those lines, though, Marvel mm-hmm. uh, released an image of the Bagley variant cover for Contest of Champions number one, uh, which shows Outlaw, who's an old British character, who is a, like, he's like a super fan of the Punisher. Okay. Wearing all of the Punisher's outfit. Nice. So there's a lot of speculation that he's going to be replacing Frank Castle post-Secret Wars as the Punisher. So there may, no, may not be any more Frank Castle. It could be Outlaw as uh, the Punisher. You can't do that crap. They've done it already, like I said, with Thor and with Captain America and now with Hulk. They've gone too damn far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Punisher is not as uh, family-friendly a character as the other one, so it might be, might be going a little too far. Everybody loves Frank because he's Frank. Yeah. Well, you know, Frank just went down just recently, you know? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. You know, we got to give everybody a shot. We'll see how it I'm goes. I'm not totally opposed to it. I mean, it depends who's writing it. It depends, you know, what they decide to do with that storyline. But it's just an interesting thought. I mean, we're not going to bash it. We'll, we'll be nice. We'll give our honest opinions about it. And we don't like it. We won't pick it up anymore. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, like, you know, we know people make their livelihoods this way. So that's not what we're going to do. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to TV then. All right. And this is actually pretty quick. Uh, a lot of trailers were released this week. Uh-huh. iZombie Season 2 trailer came out. Okay. It actually looks pretty good. All right. Uh, I, I liked the first season more than I thought I was going to. It started kind of slow, 
but it got better as it went on. Um, if you haven't watched it yet, I mean, it's not the best show on TV. I can't say everybody's going to love it, but you know, if you're looking for something different to check out, you know, it's worth a, worth a watch at least. Yeah, cut back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Arrow season four trailer was released. Hell yes. Uh, there are some things that look really cool in that, mm-hmm. but then there's also Diggle's outfit. <laughs> what are you going to tell me? When did Magneto show up? <laughs> when did Diggle beat up Magneto and spray paint his outfit black? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's there's things I like. There's things I don't like. We'll see. Yeah, hey, we have not really ever complained about Arrow. Not too much. No. So I don't know. They also released the uh, Agents of Shield season three sneak pre- trailer. That was freaking cool. It was mostly standard fare, you know, them standing around talking about this new threat that was coming or whatever. But then you see the silhouette of Lash. That's the cool part. Which we talked about last week. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Lash in this show. And the fact that he has his hair the same way he does in the comics, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm even more excited <laughs> to see what they do with him. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. That's another good show. Uh, and then pretty much everything else is casting announcements. So for Luke Cage, they cast... Um, Mahur Shali Ali from House of Cards as Cottonmouth, uh, Simone Missick as Misty Knight, and Theo Rossi as Victor Shades Alvarez. I know none of these people. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not too familiar with any of the actors. I know that Theo Rossi was in Sons of Anarchy. Um, I don't know Simone Missick at all, but uh, she looks like Misty Knight. So yeah, that's a plus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for Supergirl, Glenn Marshauer was cast as General Sam Cure. Uh, I guess he's going to be the general who's trying to use Supergirl as a weapon. Okay. Like, there's always one. That show hasn't even come out yet. (laughs) Uh, Ido Goldberg is cast as Red Tornado, who's like an android ally of Supergirl. Okay. Um, And in Flash, I know you're going to like this one, uh, Tony Todd has been cast as the voice of Professor Zoom. That's right. Uh, I know you're a big Tony Todd fan. No, I am. It's the Candyman. Candyman. And Don't say it again. <laughs> Two times. That's your limit. I'm in front of a mirror. <laughs> Love Tony Todd, man. Freaking Final Destination, too, baby. That's right. <laughs> I, I'll take him further back. We'll go to some Star Trek if you want to. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's it for news. Um, I just want to remind everybody to follow us on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy it. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud and pretty much anywhere that podcasts exist. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. On Twitter, I am at comical podcast. I'm at comical podcast too. If you'd like to follow Ben, let him tell you where you can, f- where you can find him. Well, uh, on Twitter, uh, I'm at uh, Warrior Inkeep R. Uh, Twitter wouldn't let me put the last E, so it's Warrior Inkeep, <laughs> the letter R. <laughs> uh, on Facebook, it's uh, Warrior Inkeeper uh, Comics, I believe, because I haven't changed that name yet. So Warrior Innkeeper Comics on uh, Facebook, uh, com uh, slash Kickstarter gets us to the Black Suit of Death Kickstarter. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty much anywhere. You can just Google me. <laughs> Fair enough. And, I, uh, I like being Googleable. I think it's I think it's fun. <laughs> I just followed you on Twitter. <laughs> Sweet. Very nice. Well, I'll be supporting your Kickstarter sometime later this week, and hopefully some of our listeners will be as well. I will be supporting you as well later this week as well. Awesome. uh, That's awesome. Thanks, guys. I hope you guys meet your goal. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to close out the show, Ben? Keep on laughing, bitches. Perfect. (laughs) All right.